Yet another entry by Creed. I wrote in one of my last entries about the mountain and how it flattened out so we could walk home on level ground. That was a strange event. But you know what's even stranger? A couple days after we got back to town, the mountain re-emerged, exactly the way it was before. It became the talk of the town, one of the damnedest things I ever saw. It was around that time, during Census Week, that I was contacted about a new adventure, and that is why I'm writing in this journal again. Now, if I recall my history correctly, um, some 80 years ago when the giants and the tieflings had beaten each other down to nothing, the tieflings ran south to the dwarves in a desperate attempt for aid. And the dwarves only agreed if the tieflings would submit themselves to servitude. Well, I guess the tieflings preferred being slaves to the dwarves over being slaves to the giants, because they agreed. And so the dwarves gave us, uh... What do you call those threats where if they don't do this thing, then such and such will happen to you? Ultimandum? Whatever it is, the dwarves signed a treaty with the giants, basically saying that if we would move up north, then everyone will stay out of each other's hair. And that includes the tieflings. And if the giants didn't agree to move north, then the dwarves threatened to attack with fresh armies and fresh siege equipment. I wasn't alive back then, but I've heard some of these tales from my father and my grandfather. Apparently my grandfather was some kind of war hero. Anyway, that's how we ended up living near the mountains. Why did I write all that? Oh shit, yeah, that's why I'm here. Because the treaty was broken. A day or two ago, two tieflings smuggled themselves into our city with some strange devices. You see those men over there, the tieflings? Spies! They came in on a cart and they were spotted using these strange devices. And he, he slides over this little box. You would know this to be a camera. But your characters don't know what this is. And so now me and the cousins and that savage woman, Bogdana, we're all headed south to confront the dwarves and ask them how these tieflings got out of their captivity and what the hell is going on. So we set out and on our way we discovered that uh, our adamantine was being sold by the gnomes to these two other tieflings. As I said before, we don't get involved with politics. We just sell goods. That's all we're interested in. Oh my god. That is not how this will work. You are what we call a liar on the mountain. You know exactly what you are doing, little gnome. You will lead us to these tieflings so I can eat their bones. In our pursuit of the tieflings through the fog, uh, we drew near a gnomish village and found a little naked fellow who shot some kind of explosive at us. You suddenly pick up the sound of loud ramblings echoing through the fog and you can't make out what's being said. It almost sounds like the slurred speech of a drunkard. Continuing forward in the direction of the voice, you can eventually discern what appears to be a middle-aged gnomish man wearing 
Not a single stitch of clothing save for a quiver on his back. His movement is strange as he struggles with something on the ground, and suddenly you see a torch light up in his hand. He looks at you and shouts more slurs in an angry tone. You see him pull a long tube from his quiver, and before you know it, there's an ear-piercing screech as the tube flies through the air towards you with a stream of pink flames behind it. I'm beginning to wonder what the hell I've got myself into this time. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March. The road is long, but the world is small. Roll dex saves for me real quick. That's a two. Alright, that's 18 on the die, plus one. For the math kids at home, that's 19. Imagine, Ferdos, you managed to shield your eyes from this explosion of bright light right over your heads. But Cena, not realizing it was coming, you get a flashbang to the face and suddenly everything just kind of goes dark for you. Okay. Um, this drunken man is going to pull another one out of his quiver. What do you guys want to do? I'm going to throw a javelin at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's a 19 plus. So a 29. <laughs> the DC was high because this is just a little staggery dude, but it's not that high. You, uh... <laughs> How big is your javelin compared to you? For a giant, that would be, what, about 10 feet long? Probably even longer than that. Maybe 12. It picks the drunken gnome off his feet and sends him through the air like X-Men wire physics and sticks him right into a tree. (laughs) And his little feet are just dangling there limp. And uh, everybody just kind of stands there. Um, at least my NPCs do. They stand there a little bit awestruck at what just happened. I do not appreciate attacking my cousins. I reach up with my finger and just close the little pocket gnome's mouth. (laughs) 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 My mouth is wide open too, by the way. (laughs) I cannot believe that fucking just happened. That was one way to... So shall we head into the town? Maybe we shouldn't speak of this. Why? Probably not a, a, a good thing to introduce ourselves with uh, in a new town. Cena's like holding her hand over her eyes and she goes, I mean, did you kill him or did you just like, did you? No, I definitely <laughs> killed him. Okay. He is dead. <laughs> this, this thing is like a pipe in the Bennett's chest in uh, <laughs> Commando. <laughs> Well, she wouldn't know. She's blinded. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. It's like, so he's dead. All right, cool. Yeah, that's, it's, it's probably best that we don't talk about this, but thank you, Mads. It's much appreciated. I'm going to go and retrieve my javelin. Well done. Yeah, that's, yes, that's good planning. Ow. 
and I'm going to like uh, place my foot onto the gnome as I pull my javelin out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, um, you hear the squelch of meat as this thing rips through him. It's not like, is it barbed or is it just smooth straight through? It's just smooth. It's a regular ass javelin. Okay, you just twist it a couple times and and it comes out of him and he flops to the ground. He's super dead. His little quiver of cylinders with the few that were left spill out all over the ground. I'll go and return to my cousins. I will say, even without a roll, while you were over by that tree pulling that out of him, you can hear distant music in the um, town in front of you guys. And the the fire lights are lighting it up in the night, even though it's foggy. Oh, wow, music. Let us not be distracted. We were heading after the, the ones with the horns on their head, and I kind of reach my hands up to kind of make fake horns. This is true. The road leads right through town. Maybe we can ask around and see if anyone saw it. There's not like you can discreetly get a wagon through here. Not the size that it was. Yes, well, let's go. Let's. And then as we uh, walk past that um, the little dead gnome body, I take my foot and just like kind of scrape it across the ground to like scoop a bunch of dirt over the body. <laughs> <laughs> and then just walk on. <laughs> As the town comes into view through the fog, the buildings are similar to old Wild Western style buildings in our world, except some of them are crudely built with rough cut wood and logs. And then you can see that deeper towards the town square, the buildings are better made and the architecture is clearly superior, but those buildings look many years older. Like as you enter town, as cheap as these rough cut buildings look, they also appear to be newer, probably made in the last couple of decades. As you uh, enter in and you, you're going up these muddy streets, there's people hanging out. Some of them are sitting on porches and rocking chairs and stuff. Just And as you <laughs> come into view, some of them stand up, clearly shocked to see giants strolling into town. Some of the older folks are pulling the brim of their hats up to get a better view, but they're just waiting to see what happens and then the music is coming from kind of a square up ahead and around a corner you can see like a lot of firelight over there i'll follow my cousin's leads yeah i'm gonna walk up to um one of the the townsfolk and um and kind of kneel down and ask have you seen uh and i turn towards the others what was it two of them with the wagon yes Yes. Two travelers with horns on their heads with a wagon. Have you seen them come through here? This man is sitting in his rocking chair with his long beard, and he looks up at you with his kind of dark, sleepless eyes, like he's maybe been up for a, a night or two, and he spits on the ground, and he says, Ain't seen nobody. Nobody comes through here, except for maybe other gnomish merchants. Maybe you get more answers out of the people over in the square, you know, the party. A bunch of fucking lunatics, if you ask me. 
What is what is the party about? I'm assuming Cena still can't see, so she's not kneeling, lest she crush someone. <laughs> Your uh, big dark blur has now turned into a big light blur. Okay. <laughs> she's still not kneeling because she can't see anything, so she's not going to crush anybody. He says, um... Ever since the messenger came into town, uh, they've all been buying into his bullshit. Bunch of religious fanatics now waiting the day the green gods come down. The green gods? And she'll kind of like turn her head towards Feardaus or where his voice was coming from. <laughs> Apparently the messenger believes this is the location of the prophecy or some bullshit like that. I don't know. And I'm assuming that we're going to have to talk to them to ask about what the prophecy is. Never paid too much mind. I just told them they're buying into his bullshit. They're going to pay. Probably got our whole town robbed or killed or some shit. But I'm too old to worry about it. Let the youngins learn their lesson. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes, it is uh, good to let the young learn their lesson. Gotta be passionate about something in life, I guess. He spits on the ground again. I have learned that there's an elevator mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And since I have learned this, I have decided that it is the only source of power. You also must know about the elevator mountain. You talking about the one up north, what disappeared? And then came back. I do. Yeah. Do you have some sort of a sling blade? Some folks might call it a Kaiser blade. I got a old shaving blade I used to use. I ain't used it in some years, but I got it inside. <laughs> Could you perhaps treat us some French fried potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> That messenger, he says he's the one that made the mountain disappear, but I think he's full of shit. I look over at Mads as soon as he says that. I would like to talk to this man. He's over there somewhere. He set up a big tent. Strolled in town like he owned the place. Well, I wish to speak to those who would make my mountain disappear. Oh. And Mads will immediately start storming off towards the tent. <laughs> yeah, I'll follow. As you guys get down the road towards where the square is, uh, you can see s- your vision is starting to come back. You can see the blurry figures of people dancing in the light. And it's like a big um, <clears throat> circle of torches that they've set up to create light like you do in Minecraft. And then in the center, there's a well. And then... Um, on all around the perimeter they're basically just scooping these drinks out of these big like wine casks and playing music and just dancing and shit and then uh behind them a little bit in the dim light past the candles you can see the tent set up and it's pretty big probably not big enough for you guys to fit inside comfortably but it's probably like a like an old war tent you know like civil war type tent and it's got some, like, a s- couple stools and a table and stuff set up outside. And all the people around here are dancing are all gnomish people that look like they're from the town. And then at the tent sitting around that wooden table I mentioned is this 
figure that's large compared to them, but not large compared to you. It's probably 6'4", or so, you'd estimate. It's humanoid, but it doesn't look quite like the gnomes. Its figure and bone structure is a little different in the silhouette. I would like to approach. The music stops. <laughs> it's these party of 20 foot, 16 to 25 foot tall humanoids stroll into town and everyone stares at you agape. And as you just cut through this square, all eyes are on you and then uh, you hear some whispers. And one of them says, The hell are you doing? I am here looking for the messenger. He has made my mountain disappear. I have business with him. That was an amazing miracle. I'm sorry, what? The mountain, it just disappeared. Yes, it, it just disappeared. That's, that's why we're here. Well, that's why he's here, at least. Are you saying that you did this? It was the messenger. It's written in his book. Go. He's over by the tent. Meds will charge over there. Oh, no. <laughs> you approach the tent and see... Why don't you roll a nature check? Natural 20. Oh, shit. Okay. Ooh. I don't think you've ever seen one of these before, but you have probably um, heard about them enough to know that this is probably a bugbear based on his size and his pointy ears and stuff. This bugbear has his feet up on the table, and he's, he's kind of writing in a book, and he looks up at you, and he says, Holy shit. God damn it. <laughs> he stands upright and he, he's he's just staring up at you. He comes up to your uh, thighs, just about, or no, he'd probably come up to Cena's thighs. He'd probably come up to your like knees, um, Mads. Have you made my mountain disappear, messenger? It wasn't necessarily my doing. It was just one of the signs. You have laid claim to this doing, though, have you not? The prophecies state that this is the location of where the green gods will come down. I have foreseen that those who disrespect my mountain will be brought to justice. And you, sir, have done such. And my glaive will be brought down from my shoulder on top of him with a level... Oh, shit! To smite. Oh my god. Giant shit. What's your attack? Um, dirty 20. Oh fuck. <laughs> so this guy is going to uh, tuck and roll to the side and come up with one leg. <laughs> he, he just falls over and starts immediately. He's... he's laying in a huge pool of blood. It's just getting everywhere, and it's shooting out of his stump, and he says, What? <laughs> Mads will finish the job. Cousin, you're not supposed to shoot the messenger. <laughs> I think there's going to be a panic suddenly <laughs> erupting from the square as People have been watching you giants and curious. Now they're in a panic and they're uh, 
you hear a bell that starts ringing and um, people start calling for a medic and other people start calling for weapons and it's just chaos right now what do you guys want to do I'm kind of having my hands out like, no, no, it's it's okay. We're friends to gnome folk. Look, and I point to the gnome in my pocket. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> They've kidnapped one. Oh, no, we haven't. No, you no, be quiet. And I grab him and start shaking him. <laughs> you guys are going to get pelted with a couple rocks, and it's not even going to phase you, obviously. And then I think a lot of the gnomes are going to run. Some of them are going to go inside. Others are going to be bolting for the uh, outer forest edge. It's a great way to help us gain the trust, Nats. <laughs> I'm still trying to calm them down. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. We're just looking for some horny people with a wagon. Also looking for this messenger who made my mountain disappear. Now he has been brought to justice. There's a lot going on, but I think that you guys are going to hear a few things shouted out amongst the panic, and one of them is, uh... The bell has rung! The blood has been shed! Light up the well! You're going to see a torch appear at this well they're speaking of. And there's these, the things that fell out of the dude's quiver. There's one of those, except it's huge. And it suddenly sparks at the bottom and then launches up into the sky with a tremendous force. It's really high into the fog. And then it disappears for a second. And then there's just an explosion. And everybody starts going to their houses and things and trying to get away from you guys. That's pretty much all that's happening right now. I believe we need to leave now fair enough cousin and I'll follow them out <laughs> <laughs> so where are you guys going specifically um I'm going to assume that we just need to go like uh the direction we were already heading through this town and uh I I'm going to start sprinting in that direction kind of holding my pocket so that it doesn't bounce the gnome around in there too much <laughs> If you were to go back through the square to the road you came in on and just kind of keep following the road through the uh, the, the rough cut setup section of town, you'd probably get to the rough cut section just in time to uh, notice some things. Figure out how I can describe this. How are you going to sense this? Why don't you guys roll perception checks? Okay. See who notices this. I only got uh, 10. That's another two. Five. <laughs> um, okay, and let me see what my NPCs are going to roll. It was Creed Sadowski that noticed first. Um, he points up and he says, Light doesn't look good. And you see these large sphere shapes falling from the sky and they hit with a buoyancy and a crash of leaves and as they roll kind of into your uh, view you can see they're just basically like those zorb balls that people climb into and roll around in they're like human sized hamster balls <laughs> that's what these are except they're woven together with a springy bundle of sticks and branches when it hits you here <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then 
out of the holes of these spheres, you see these <laughs> just little swarms of green critters that looked kind of like the bugbear, but smaller like the gnomes. And they're, uh, they're coming out fully armed. And they look around the square wondering where everyone is. Hello. It appears as though we've crashed a, a Flaming Lips concert. <laughs> <laughs> One of them raises his sword into the air and he says, The green gods are ready for the offerings. <laughs> it echoes through the town and there's just no response except for you giants looking at him. You lot are the green gods. Where is everyone? Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, my cousin scared them inside. But they launched the... The torch was launched. You gods are very unimpressive as far as I am concerned. Exactly. You don't even know what's going on. It's time for them to offer their gifts unto the stars. Bring your gold, bring your jewels. No, I don't, I don't think that we're going to do that. That feels like some sort of a grift. <laughs> Where is the messenger? The messenger is dead. I have murdered him. What? He's over there in pieces. Good <laughs> <laughs> magical point. <laughs> These little goblins look so deflated. <laughs> and they're just standing around wondering what to do with themselves now. And one of them finally says, Where did the gnomes go? I have no clue. They have ran. Well, I do have one here. And I kind of point to my pocket on my shirt. Does it got any gold? Well, do you? Don't give me over to those Goblins? They aren't goblins. They're sky gods. The man said so. They are not sky gods, cousin. They are grifters as well, and we shall murder them plenty. Uh oh. And Mads will immediately get his glaive ready to start smashing down on these goblins. <laughs> okay, they're going to start scattering. Some of them are going to try to get into the uh, twigs or balls, and they'll start trying to roll them away. Um, roll your attack. Uh, 17. Okay. Um, you enter into the square, and you swing your glaive. And <laughs> it just cuts through several of these goblins. I rolled an 18, so specifically it cuts through 18 of them, and then it hits some of the Zorb oh balls. God. And the Zorb balls, some of them get sliced right in half, and then the other ones that were better constructed for their buoyancy go rolling across the, gr the square like uh, pool balls, and they bounce off some of the far buildings, <laughs> and the goblins, you can hear them inside going, Ah! I think a few of them will summon courage and turn on you. Um, you're going to get attacked by little swords. Does a five hit your AC? <coughs> no. No. Oh. Yeah, you can easily evade their attacks just by simply stepping away. Um, they almost can't even get close to you with how big your steps are. How many are they? There's probably 30 left in the square. I would like to cast a web on them, please. 
Uh, webs fill a 20-foot cube from that point. They're difficult terrain. They obscure the area. They collapse on themselves, and now they are restrained. So. Okay. And the others are going to... I think they're just going to scatter like ants now, all like every which way, heading for the surrounding forests. Is there one of the Zorb balls uh, near me that I could get to within my movement? Absolutely. It, like, those have some of the goblins inside them, right? Some of them do. Well, uh, yeah, I would like to grab one and pick it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna look through the little hole that they climb into and look in there. <laughs> he kind of goes back like a crab walk against the back of this Zorb ball as far as he can get from your gigantic eyeball. He looks terrified. <laughs> Throw me a fastball, cousin! <laughs> yeah, I do that. I, I kind of shake it up a little bit first like a paint can and then throw it off <laughs> towards, uh, towards Mads. <laughs> and I will swing with uh, my glaive flat and try and uh, bash this thing as a home run. Oh, fuck! That's another nat 20. <laughs> Save some for the rest of us. <laughs> Shit! <There's... laughs> if you were to play this in slow motion, you would see these trails of mist from the fog off of your weapon as you club this thing. And then you just hear... Whoa, cousin. I think that would have made it out of Giant Stadium. <laughs> Oh no, I am definitely not able to play with the big leagues. I don't know, I think you could. <laughs> you are too kind, cousins, too kind. I have faith in you, Mads. Perhaps that will be the new dream. <laughs> <laughs> you reach a point where pretty much all that's left is this little cluster that Cena incapacitated with her webbing and then pretty soon some of the gnomes start coming out of their houses and particularly the one the old one with the beard walks up from the rough cut part of town and he says well I don't think that this went the way they were expecting and somebody comes out of the house and says you killed the green gods I promise you I don't know what those things were but they weren't gods they are definitely not gods. Thank you, Matt. Look at me. We are your gods now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the prophecies pro promised us wealth and prosperity, and we, we have no hope now. You have hope. Your hope will be in yourselves. Bet on yourselves. Be industrious, and you will do everything that you wish you could. Have any of you ever considered that the prophecy may have been bullshit since it didn't come true? No, oh, it absolutely was bullshit. They, yeah. they were going to take your wealth, not give it. It would have come true if these devils hadn't appeared from the north. First of all, we're not devils, we're giants. Perhaps we are angels. We are the ones who have saved you from the green ones. We are looking for devil-like folk. They had the wagon. You giants are supposed to stay in your cities up north. 
My mountain is supposed to stay tall, but it is not. The mountain was part of the prophecy. Yes, and we have put a stop to it. There's discussion among them that's difficult to hear because of how small they are, um, but uh, you can tell that they're debating about what their next move is going to be now that <laughs> their hope of wealth has been tanked. Um, and the bearded one says, I thank you. Done us a great service. This town was getting severely taken advantage of. That's what happens when people are poor and desperate. Thank you, old timer. Whereabouts are you, uh, folk headed? We are trying to find some tieflings that came through here. Tieflings, that's the word. So that we might murder them as well. You mentioned the wagon, but, um, why are you out of your big cities and I haven't seen any giants here and I can't remember the last time. The tieflings broke the treaty anyway. That's what we're here for. Mmm, I get them. Politics. I'm looking for them. There's a lot of traffic that comes through here from time to time, but it's usually lizard folk and gnomes and we don't see tieflings uh, but I heard tell of tieflings from fellow travelers of gnomes and talking about lots of tiefling activity down in some of the southern towns and uh, apparently they worked out some sort of deal for some source of income they're bragging about being rich really? Uh, yeah, it might be like they're getting taken advantage of, just like these were here with this messenger. I just mostly stay out of it, drink my alcohol, and smoke my smokes, and just trying to live out the last life that I have. You know what, sir? That's good for you. Good for you. Well, let's say I work for change. I figure I'd be dead before I see it, so just leave it up to the young ones. Your presence and demeanor brings me joy. Would you like to come with us? Well, there's not much going on for me here. You got any smokes or anything to drink? I'm sure we can find some. We have plenty to drink, sir. Hmm. I reckon your giant flasks ought to hold me over for a good long while. Sir, the only thing that I would ask is that you point us in the direction of those who would deserve the blade. Uh, I got plenty of people I know that deserve a blade. Then you are welcome in our company. Like a sling blade or uh, what kind of blade? (laughs) I was thinking sort of a Kaiser blade. (laughs) Can you make potatoes? Lucky enough for you, I have a free pocket on this side. Yeah, as long as I don't gotta walk much, um, my legs don't do too well these days. No. You won't have to. Yeah, I pick them up and put them in my other pocket. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, all you must do is point and we shall murder. No, we're not hitmen. I am, or something (laughs) like it. Yeah, but don't get motion sickness from this one. Yeah, I got a flask here. If you could just fill it up real quick for me. 
Oh, here you go. We have a problem, Cena. What's our problem? I've killed our only lead to figuring out what happened to my mountain. Yes, you did. Oh, you can ask around. Like I said, I didn't pay too much attention to the prophecy, but apparently uh, he's got some book that talks about it. Uh, we do, in fact, have a problem with that. Um, now nobody else in this place trusts us. Don't look like he's going to have much of a say if you want to go take a look around his tent and see if you can find that book. That is very fair. Mm. I'm pretty good at investigating things. Let's go investigate stuff. The bugbear had been writing in a book when you first approached him, so that's laying on the table now. I would like to uh, take a look at it, if I might do such a thing. It's, let's see, 16 feet tall. This book would probably be more like a pamphlet to you, like a, what do you call it, like a watchtower track or something. <laughs> <laughs> As you uh, open it up, you it's all handwritten, and uh, you get to this part that it's, it's like almost a quarter of the way through the book, the rest of it is blank pages, and then when you crack it open to this one section where it's like the last piece that he wrote, it doesn't end with a full sentence. It's like it's cut off, and when you open up the page, your thumb accidentally smears the ink, and it's like still wet on the page, and that's the page that's talking about the disappearance of this mountain, as if it was going to happen years to come. Basically, <laughs> was he or was he not guilty of making my mountain disappear? <laughs> it seems like he knew that this was coming, so maybe a sort of prophecy, but nothing super exciting, if you ask me. And if you flip to the page before the smeared part, you see a little poem that reads <laughs> The blood upon the wood shall run. And then resounds the bell. The green god's riding stars shall come. By the candle at the well. As all the unbelievers fall. Offer your gifts unto the stars. And blessings shall come to one and all. And riches from afar. And that's all handwritten, too, the same handwriting and everything. Okay, so he definitely knew some stuff. He definitely knew things, but I don't know to what extent. Blood will run upon the wood. That sounds that sounds a lot like what just happened. Except I feel as though it was not the blood he expected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everything else seems to line up. You're the one who believes in... The, you're the one who's... Good with religious stuff, not me. We do not understand what these small folk believe in. Because there is a difference once you have tasted the air upon the mountain. Because the mountain does not care for everything that these other folks cannot understand. Matt, I mean this with the greatest possible affection. I don't understand what you believe. <laughs> I mean this with the greatest possible love and affection that I have for you as your cousin. I truly don't understand it. 
I don't quite understand it either. <laughs> it is simple, Cena. <laughs> the mountain encompasses, it embraces, but it does not disappear. That, Cena, is what we believe. Okay, Mads. And Mads will nod as though that explains <laughs> everything and he'll walk away. But it it did disappear. You will not say that again. Uh, I wait till Mads walks away and then I whisper <laughs> to Cena. <laughs> but it did disappear. I, I know, I know. I don't understand it either. This is This is what I was talking about. It's you okay. have to respect his fervor. I, I do. I do. If I'm being completely honest. Like, well done. Well done for that. So we heading south? Um... Uh, I would say yes. Yes. <laughs> You're proving to be a better um, navigator and uh, driver for our wills than our previous... Uh, Guy. I, I'll just let him go here and I'll take the one gnome that we took to the town <laughs> and put him out. <laughs> Santa goes, I could carry one of the gnomes if they would like he, that is. As soon as his little feet hit the ground, he bolts. Okay, bye. Don't go doing any dealings with uh, the what are they called again? Horny boys. Horny boys. <laughs> I'm sorry, horny boys? <laughs> Don't take money from horny boys. <laughs> I know that. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> this carriage have any sort of distinct wheels or tracks that are recognizable or anything? It was filled with adamantine. Adamantine? The hell is that? It's a metal. It's a precious metal. Yes, sacred to our people. You can see why we're a little bit pissed about them taking it. I don't know, we can look for tracks with deep grooves. Been awful wet lately, and maybe we sunk into the ground or something. You would like me to try and track down this carriage, yes? Please, you're the best one. You're the best tracker that we have. Fair enough. Um, survival? Sure. Okay. That'll be a 23. It takes a while, walking up and down, examining the tracks heading into town. And what you find is that a ways before entering town, um, there's a patch of mud just off the trail where you can see that large wagon wheels passed through as well as what are unmistakably hooves from oxen rather than horses. And as you follow the torn up grass after this mud patch, um, you realize it eventually merges back onto the main trail, and so it seems as though the tieflings intentionally bypassed this little gnomish town entirely, and then they continued heading south. So you can pursue them from there. Come, cousins. I have found the trail. Thank you, Mads. For you guys, after all this has taken place, it's probably reaching about midnight. What would you like to do? Theodos. Yes. It would seem you and Cena would have issue with the slaying of said messenger before. It... It did feel a little hasty. 
feel like we could have definitely talked to him first. I am the vengeance of the mountain. When the mountain cannot speak for itself, I do the speaking. My glaive is my words. Bogdan is going to speak up if one of the rare occasions and she's going to say finally <laughs> she's going to say um regardless of the order that things happened I think we found out what we needed to know this is true more importantly we have saved time for our mission and I do not think that the tieflings will have gotten too far ahead of us Bogdana it is important that I have time to speak with my cousins so that we might understand each other. The fat busker may need to sleep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would be good to carry on through the night if you all want to continue. No, we will stop. She's going to just start walking ahead and the busker's going to start walking behind. <laughs> you can carry on a conversation if you'd like. Would you all prefer a more subtle approach? Be honest. Honestly, yes. I would. However, it is not the only way. There are some uh, benefits to your type of tact. We get things done where I come from. It would seem that beating around the bush only leads for it to further grow in your garden and obscure the flowers that you're trying to cultivate. It does make sense. Although, would it be possible to maybe maybe just nix the axe, the glaive first, ask questions later type thing? Maybe ask questions first, and then glaive? Yeah, we will make a deal. I will look at both of you before I swing my glaive. If I get a nod from one, we are at a two-thirds majority, and I will swing. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Just know that if things go bad, I am probably the only one that can get you out alive. That is probably very true. Yeah. Ferdos, you see a, a very thin, small trail of smoke coming out of your pocket. <laughs> oh, fuck! Ah. <laughs> I, I start to, like, pat it down, Ouch, but, like, no. soft enough that it doesn't, like, kill him or anything, but I'm like... <laughs> oh, you really knocked the wind out of me there. I'm sorry, I thought my nipple was burning. <laughs> Oh, don't mind me. I'm just having a smoke real quick. I'll let you guys talk it over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is that like tobacco or like the sticky hickey? <laughs> little, little of this, little of that. Well, don't chief. Pass it around. <laughs> <laughs> if you take this cigar in hand, it's like gonna fit between two of your fingers, maybe. That's about it. Like, this is more like a, a spliff or whatever. Yeah, I'll hit it like a little roach. <laughs> just like, kind of just balance it between my fingernails and, uh... 
You basically, you suck anything that's left in this thing. It's like one drag and it's gone. <laughs> in fact, it comes out of my nails. It goes down my throat and I'm like... <laughs> Shit's good. And I am... I know a few concoctions if you ever want me to roll you up one. As long as we can find the ingredients along the way. I'm definitely good at finding uh, ingredients within the... the natural sources. Hmm. Maybe we'll uh, get to try some recipes I've been uh, itching to try. Hard to find stuff, you know. I look very much forward to that. Mm. Also, I could speak to the greens before we harvest them. Mmm, yeah. I've spoken to a few greens after a few smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever spoken to the mountain before? Yeah, never man watched conversation with mountains, no. Well, I have. You talked to a tree once. How was that? Yeah, they're stubborn. Has a tree that you've talked to ever asked for you to kill it? <laughs> Happened to me the other day. I once asked a tree to kill me, but it didn't deliver. Don't ever ask that of Mads. <laughs> he will follow <laughs> through. <laughs> the tree asked for death and I brought it. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I got an adventure to go on. Maybe by the time it's over, I'll be ready to go. I'm getting to be an old man. Never get old, you know. Perhaps my friend can pitch you like a fastball. That could be a great end. Hmm. Long as I die afterwards, I don't want to survive that. Oh, I do not believe you will survive your contact with my glaive. Hmm. Why does everything you say feel like a thinly veiled threat? <laughs> Nothing is thinly veiled, cousin. And Mads will pat her shoulder, and <laughs> we'll continue to walk. Oh my god. This seems like a good place to make camp. Yes, we will do such. Cousins, we must make a few more understandings before we move on. Yes. We're heading into dangerous territory. Places where we will not be trusted. It will be more than just the small rocks and things that the gnomes would throw at us. You must understand when things have gone too far. And we must do what we are born to do. And what would those things be that we are born to do? Rule. Over all the creatures that we have been made greater than. Until very recently, I was always told that I was born to live with the other druids and protect the natural order of things. 
Well, then they are stupid. I've never really been told what I was born for. So, except until now, I guess. Will anybody help me collect wood? Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate response from Cena. Just whip right around. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's going to lead you into this uh, grove of trees, and uh, she's going to just start going from tree to tree looking for an appropriate level of dryness, seeing if any will easily break off to save the time of the cutting and the effort. Um, why don't you give me a... Uh, just a standard perception. Okay. It's still a plus zero, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's a 16. So while you are searching for, uh, well, I don't know how much you are searching for versus just daydreaming about if you can start up a conversation with this girl. <laughs> Untrue. I am searching for wood. Thank you. What you come across is uh, this large siege-like device made of wood. It looks like it was very crudely hammered together. Best you can tell... It, it almost looks slingshot-like in nature. And as you start poking around it and um, looking in the vicinity, you find there are a few more lined up, and they're all kind of pointed from the direction that you came. And then you also see some unfinished versions of these uh, Zorb balls, basically. They're like a quarter of the way woven. Holy shit. Bogdana? What is it? You see this? She's gonna uh, break through the foliage and say, The twig and leaf balls. This is where they launched them, yes? Yes, at least that's what it looks like. So they weren't gods. There are probably more of those nasty critters around. Yes. You think they intend to rob us while we sleep? I don't think so. Since so many of their fellows were incapacitated um, and we managed to kill their messenger while Mads did the killing, um, but since that happened I think that they might be a little bit keen to leave us alone, actually. Hmm. So, so, so you, you are also wise. Sorry, I meant to say that, but it kind of got lost. Never mind. <laughs> did we tell them? Yes. I wanted to Say something to you. Okay. She goes white. <laughs> <laughs> when I was cutting down those goblins, I noticed that my weapon performed sufficiently. Oh, well. That's that's good. That's good. I'm glad that the spell worked. Yes. For my infusion. It's not actually a spell. If you want to enhance other of my weapons, I will allow you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we could make a pretty good team. I think that we could as well. Do you, what, what other weapons do you have? She like, she like takes a little booklet out of her side pocket and just starts flipping through with it. Um, she basically just hands you her short sword and she says, don't keep it long. I, w 
won't. Don't worry. I can, I can, I can do something with this. I don't know what yet, but I can do something cool with it. When you are finished with that, I will make more. Maybe we can enhance the entire party. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to enhance... I haven't done anything for Firdaus yet, just because he doesn't u- really use ma- many weapons. But, um... I can make us all some magic items. That would be cool. She's, like, squinting at her book. <laughs> Your cousin Mance is impulsive. Yeah, maybe. He is kind of... That's just how he is, I think. I admire this quality. I think that people should act on their whims. I don't... I I don't know. I tend to like to think things through. If you act on your whims too much, it creates something that's a little bit weird, I think. Or, like, not weird, but, like, it can create sticky situations, I feel like. You know. For example, I would have liked to speak to um, to the messenger at least a little bit. But what's past is past. Depends on your level of instincts. Mine are fairly accurate and reasonable. There's not many times where I've regretted not following my instincts. I can tell. You wouldn't have survived this long if you did. As long as you understand that it should come with some degree of humility so that you may learn from mistakes. Mm-hmm. I have one more question. Yes. What else can you create like your little creature? I can only create one of Gygax at a time. Basically, he has a little gem in his chest. It was my mother's. And that is basically his heart. So if he is destroyed, but I still have the gem, I can recreate him. Maybe I give you a gem and you create one for me. I could do that if it was a if it was a good enough gem. I think it's like a hundred GP or something like that. She's still looking through the book, <laughs> <laughs> not looking at Bogdana at all. Just <laughs> maybe we will find one on our journey. I'm sure we will. We're going to many towns. I mean, there has to be a gem somewhere. It's at this point that you guys have basically broken out of this cluster of trees and you are now, uh, the camp is right a few steps in front of you. Okay. She's going to go, yeah, I mean, if you find a good gem. We found a siege weapon. Where is this? Uh, It was back that way. Mads is going to go and immediately start destroying all of them (laughs) with his battle axe. (laughs) As long as these ugly green critters don't bother us in the night. But we shall keep a watch. I shall take first watch. I can take the second. I'll take the third. Maybe you should take the first. We could take it together. Okay. I will be back late. You should probably be separate for it. Because I will be destroying these battlements until the late hours of the night. Maybe Sina and I will take third. Mads will rush off to go and smash shit. <laughs> these things are so poorly assembled that it's a wonder they even work. And you have no problem just obliterating them. How um thoroughly would you like to smash them? <laughs> 
I would like to make sure that they are very unusable. Like, if they tried to reconstruct it, like, they're going to need to basically rebuild the whole thing from square one. <laughs> okay. So then, uh, uh, why don't you roll me a... How would you find these? Um... Well, I think I was given directions, so survival? Yeah. 18. I think that you get the majority of them for sure are just completely smashed. And by the time you're done, it will be uh, probably about 1.30 in the morning. I'll wake up uh, whoever is next. Yeah, once I get uh, woken up for, for mine, um, I'm going to put out a lot of my sort of stuff that I usually do with um, when I do a ritual and... I'm going to ritual cast uh, Detect Magic, but I'm going to do it just for the, the sake of, like, um, kind of when I'm doing, like, prayers to my gods and stuff like that. Mainly, I'm um, praying this night to Mord, and uh, who's the god of unnatural death. I say, um, I, I pray to you, Mord, for the sake of my cousin, who has done uh, a great service to to your wishes this evening and I would ask if you would be so grateful to help him through his journeys to accomplish his goals in avenging the mountain you feel a degree of comfort afterwards whether that's just in your head or not it's hard to say alright yeah, and, and after that, like, I'm, I'm just kind of sitting there, like, you know, feeling the vibes of all the magic stuff in the area, whether it's, like, you know, some of the weapons that are have already been imbued or, you know, things like that. And just keep watch. Give me a perception check. Be a 13 plus 3. In the very quiet of this foggy night, through a portion of your watch... You heard in the far, far distance very faint voices from the town. You you can assume that the gnomes are basically cleaning up after your mess <laughs> and trying to figure out what mm-hmm. to do with themselves. And then eventually that quiets down. And towards the end of your shift, you hear... <laughs> coming from your pocket. <laughs> There, there, new little friend. There, there. <laughs> Beyond that, it's an uneventful watch. Alright. Yeah, and then I'll bed down afterwards. And before, Well, I'll wake up. Um, who was it? Mads that was going to be third watch? Mads did first, so it's going to be Cena and oh. uh, Bogdana. Oh, okay. Pool. Cena, wake up. <laughs> yeah? Okay, thank you. When you go to wake Bogdana up, you are just about to, like, shake her or touch her or whatever. <laughs> her eyes shoot open and she just looks straight at you like a Borg or something. And then she sits up and she's going to approach Cena and then she's going to say, um, we could put some more wood on the fire. Sure, I mean, it seems fine. <laughs> it's just, like, embers at this point. <laughs> she's She's once again gone completely white. Why don't you roll me a perception check at a negative three? Okay. A negative three? (laughs) Because you're not really... Your focus is divided. (laughs) She's not paying attention. That's cocked. 
Okay, negative three. One, uh, not one, eleven, sorry. Okay. You guys are going to be sitting around the fire for a while, uh, a few hours, just some of it's going to probably be an awkward silence and other parts, I think she's going to say, you grew up in the city. At least partially. I was, I, we'd moved to the city after, after Mama died, but other than that, yeah. You like it there? I do. I, I have to admit, sometimes I do miss being outside and like, you know, in nature. But I think that's just the giant coming out in me. I do like the mountains. Granted, not as much as my cousin. But... <laughs> it is good to be adept in both. I do not fit very well in the city. I wouldn't imagine so. You seem much more at peace out here. I don't interact much with others. Unless I am paid to. But you are different. You and your cousins. Perhaps because you are adept to both. It's... Yeah, I mean, I guess I am. You don't seem pretentious like others in the city. I mean, it is important to remember where you came from, after all. I'm still a giant, but I still have to try at least to find my place. And you're not going to get anywhere unless you're kind. At least a little bit. You read books. I do. I write in books, too, sometimes. Well, only this book, but... You know about culture and history. Mm-hmm. Again, at least a little bit. I'm more focused on building and creating and inventing. Do you know about these tieflings? Yes. Oh, some. I have heard that the treaty in... They were taken slaves by the dwarves. But now we see they are running around in the wild and entering into our cities. Mm-hmm. It's a... It's really complicated, I know. But it's... You think they escaped captivity? I think they escaped. I don't think they were set free. As much as I hate to admit that, I think that everyone should be freed, but... They are said to be ruthless devils. They take no mercy in times of war. They did unspeakable things to us giants, somehow. I do not think that they would pose much of a threat to me. They are so small. It's true, but we don't know what they can do. You know, I'm kind of small for a giant. I can do at least a little damage. That's not... Size isn't an indicator of strength. I do not fear them. I don't think you should. I don't think any of us should. We must be brave. How many tieflings are there? In total, or just, like, the ones we're chasing? Do you think they have an army where we are going? Do you think they've overthrown the dwarves? Oh, no. I don't think they've overthrown the dwarves. I think maybe there's a group of them where we're going. But I don't think it's an army. What do you know about dwarves? Not much. I know that... I know that they're from the south. I know that... 
in mine. And I know that they have at least a decent relationship with the gnomes. Perhaps we have offended them. Maybe they sent the tieflings to us as spies. What could the giants have done to offend them? Don't really think I don't think that we've done really anything. Hmm. You have very nice hair. Thank you. My hair is wild and unkempt. I keep it short. I've absolutely got like sticks and shit in it <laughs> by now. <laughs> Thank you. Self-care in the city is kind of hard to come by. You have to take care of yourself in the wilderness or you die. Yeah. The um, fog at this point has started to dissipate. And you can see um, with your dark vision further down the trail that uh, to the left and to the right, it's going to be lined with forest trees. And then uh, eventually the forest grows more and more and more dense as it progresses. It looks to you um, like you're going to be basically treading through the woods. Um, there's no more grassy fields. There's no more clearings up ahead. So that's what you have to look forward to. Looks like we're going to be going into the forest. Fjordas will be thrilled. Hmm. Yes. When shall we wake them up to continue? Uh, how... What does it look like? Is the sun sort of starting to come up, or...? No, but you would guess it's probably, like, four in the morning, so maybe the sun's about an hour or so away. When we see the sun over the horizon, hmm. give them until dawn. If you would like to sleep, I can take over this watch. Okay. Thank you. And, uh, Sina is going to, uh, Throughout this, at least, she started to use her alchemist uh, subclass to create an experimental elixir, and she created a... Hang on. I need to roll for this. I forgot that I need to roll for this. A flight uh, one in one of her empty flasks, and she will hand it to Bogdana. And she goes, this isn't quite... What I imagine you are thinking when you enhance, when I, you said enhance weapons, but uh, this is an elixir. I can make them every so often with my uh, with my training. Uh, this is a flight potion. You'll be able to fly at the speed of ten feet for ten minutes when you drink it. It might come in handy. For the first time, you've kind of notice that you've broken her stern, serious face, and she cracks kind of a smirk, and she says, that will be like a bird. Kind of, yeah. This is very amusing. What if I lose my power, and I am 200 feet up in the air? I don't think you'll be able to get 200 feet up in 10 minutes with a 10-foot speed. Maybe I take a sip of it and just try it out at first. Sure. Maybe I drink the whole flask and jump off a cliff because I am impulsive. I don't think that's a good idea. Remember what we talked about, thinking things through. <laughs> My gut instinct tells me that is a bad idea. <laughs> I will keep this with me. She's going to kind of like give you a cheers with the 
vial and then pocket it. Okay. And uh, Cena is going to go to sleep, but she will offer her uh, Gygax for company until she wakes the rest of us up. The Giant's March is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. It's one of our many different stories. If you'd like to find out more, visit timetodierpg.com. If you're enjoying the show, we would be ever so grateful for a review on your favorite podcatcher or a shout-out on social media. Post about us on Reddit or Twitter. Share us with a friend. Whatever you can do to let people know that we exist and that you think our shows are worth a listen. If you would like to support us financially... You can pledge monthly at patreon.com slash time to die RPG, or you can give us a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash time to die RPG. Want to hang out with us? We have a discord server. The link is in the episode description, or you can find it at our time to die website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at time to die RPG. Find us on Reddit at r slash time to die RPG. Tim who plays Mads is on Twitter at either grab your gun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at ChrisRileyLCP. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. And I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March. <laughs>